Hi, everyone, and welcome back to RPG R&D. I am one of your hosts, Jess Geyer. I'm one half of Wannabe Games, and I make tabletop role-playing games. I'm also a little sick, so sorry that my voice sounds like this. You're just going to have to deal. <laughs> one of the people who's going to have to deal is my co-host, Craig Campbell. Hello, Craig. Hello, Jess. Um, I'm Craig Campbell. I'm the owner of Nerdburger Games, and I make games as well. And Jess, do we want to let people know what's coming up? When we hit the big one zero zero, do we want to just lead off with that real quick? Yeah, I think so. Why not? Episode one hundred is coming, um, and so Justin and I thought about what we're going to do, and we thought we would uh, do as kind of a Q and A thing. You know, we go through a lot of different topics. We've talked about a lot of different things. There might be a burning question that you, as a listener, might have, or like they haven't talked about this, or they haven't talked about it in a while, um, and so. I'm going to throw this out there. You can feel free to send questions and we will answer as many as we are able. And we need lots of questions. Um, send questions to nerdburgergames at gmail.com with the subject line RPG R&D, um, like episode 100 or Q&A or something like that, just so that I know and I can put it all in a folder and I'll tally up all the questions and we'll go from there. And we'll figure out who we're going to have on the show with us for that one too. And we'll let you know that in coming weeks. So uh, do that, please. Um, and hopefully I will start getting inundated with questions. Um, and we don't suddenly have like two questions and feel like failures. <laughs> um, but uh, I can always make some stuff up. Anyway, um, we're here with a brand new first-time guest, Austin. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, hey everyone, my name is Austin. Uh, Austin Taylor or Sailor Scott Austin, all those ways you can find me online. I am an award-winning game writer, designer, performer, and friend. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the line that I say for my intro all the time. I love that. You're an award-winning award winning friend. friend. I love that. That's great. <laughs> I've I got an award from my friend in uh fourth grade for being oh. the best friend. So you gotta hold on to that forever. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> I love that. Um well Austin, yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh we are talking about today for our jamming side of the podcast we're talking about jamming in games where the characters are often low on health and hp and uh we we usually have like a list of certain topics that we give to our guests that come on and i'm curious about why you decided to choose this topic uh i i i think it is fun to make things feel tense in the way that hp can um and I feel like HP in games is like, so I grew up playing more video games than tabletop games. And I guess HP is the like most stressful thing to be low on. Like I wouldn't be stressful as low on <laughs> yeah. like mono or the game like money or whatever, but like HP, cause it's always like, it's like blinking and it's like, you should be afraid. <laughs> uh, danger, you are in danger, Real Robinson. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of fun to be had there if the right tools are in place to be having fun with like that pressure of like you have to keep moving and things are getting worse and worse. 
Yeah, I, I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom right now, and it mm. is always terrifying if I'm mm. low on HP and I have no food to eat. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah, there's definitely like a video gamey feel to when you are low on it. So mm. um, I'm curious for for the two of you, what like what experiences do you have running games or playing games where like people are in that situation? Not necessarily the health is blinking red because we're all sitting around a table. That would be a very interesting. <laughs> thing that a GM could do but like what are our experiences there and like what what makes it work well what makes it work not quite so well um I grew up uh because I didn't play role-playing games until um much later but like when I was younger I grew up playing um gauntlet the video game gauntlet where you know elf needs food badly like you had to feed yourself as you mm -hmm. were playing the game it was the first time i played a video game where it was like you were slowly dwindling and no matter what you did even if you if you just sat there you slowly lost life you had to keep moving and doing stuff so it was always this kind of you're 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 dealing with like there's things to be done there's monsters to be shot with your bow and arrow there's you know potions to be picked up there's you know treasures and and, and things to do um, and one of the rewards that you get for doing that is keeping your character alive and is is kind of keeping um, keeping them functioning and healthy. Um, and I think with GMing and, uh, you know, certainly th that is there with playing with uh, different games that uh, where you, you know, there's the risk of death is significant is a is a part of the game. Um, and I think with GMing, I usually find myself I'm I'm not the type of GM to be actively trying to kill characters um and there are a lot of gming styles and there's nothing wrong with playing a really you know harsh like gonna whoa watch out here it comes kind of kind of game but i i tend to be of the mindset that like when the care if the characters are in a rough spot and there's they're uh they're running low on hit points or their health is low whatever the game system calls it um is providing them the opportunities to rectify that but having that opportunity potentially cost them something else. Like if they if they didn't manage their their resources well enough and they're kind of in a rough spot, like, okay, well, here's a here's a situation where you can get a hold of um, you know, potions or you can characters can rest for the day or something can happen, but they're going to probably, you know, like maybe they're gonna suffer in some other way. Like maybe the bad guy is going to further their plans farther because they spent a day resting. Like the bad the bad guy is going to get further down the road. Or the bad guy's, you know, gonna get a chance to to heal and strengthen themselves or bring in reinforcements or do whatever it is. So that's one of the things that I love as a go-to for GMing is um if the characters are in a rough spot is give them the opportunity always give them the opportunity to uh to recover um and you can do it in a lot of ways to to make them have to work and maybe uh, uh deal with some downside to it and sometimes the downsides can be big and sometimes the downsides can be small how about you austin yeah i i enjoy people like seeing the table come together about how can we make sure we don't die um i had a game recently uh two or three days ago and, and i th it was like rough they're going through like a tough like gauntlet part of their uh adventure they are they're in they're in like my game world's version of hell so i was like it's not going it is not fun down here you need to like <laughs> you need to like find the bobble and get out and <laughs> They had like a few sessions of like 
that were kind of normal. I realized this is too normal. I said it's like bad down here. So I was like, it's bad. It's bad down here. Things aren't nice down here. (laughs) Um, And so they got into like three fights in a row. Like they like were in a fight and I had set up something previously like, you know, like fights attract fights. It's like more things came to like see what like what was fighting and who was fighting <laughs> and and so it just like kept getting worse as like they would defeat something but then like something bigger would come to be like what's fighting and because like, <laughs> like it's like like I want to be top dog like who's fighting I could like prove myself um and they really it was like a lot of fun and it was like a really cool like seeing them figure out like how can we as a team come together to get out to like get out because if we keep just fighting stuff that comes like we are going to run out of resources um and it, it was fun and i didn't plan on like a tpk i was like well if they can't figure it out like i will like i, I want to continue this story with like what we have going on i will i will like get them out of this if they can't but i wanted to see what they could pull together um and they, they got out of it. No one no one went down. Uh, people got close. Um, and I just enjoy the tension that that creates uh, in a story. And then like the, cause it's like, cause like in a story when you play tabletop, there's like the normal arc of like, you know, you start and then there's usually like the, the evil, like super mega god king shows up and you're like wow we can't defeat him ever and then like you figure out how they can defeat him and you know you have a good time and i like creating that sort of like wave in a session and sometimes that can be with this like stress and this low hp of like you know you start and everyone's excited and we usually pick up after they got done doing something because the session previously so they're like kind of at a high point of like we completed stuff last week that's right and then when you introduce this, like, you know, you're running around at low HP for the whole session or most of the campaign, you're like, oh, shit, that's right. We only have, like, four hit points <laughs> between the four of us. Uh, how do we get out of this? And then, like, making it like making it another day sort of situation. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is, like, I feel like a lot of media creates that tension that, like, we watch, that, like, a lot of games get based on, you know? Like, the most exciting, like, like I love Spider-Man. The most exciting Spider-Man stories are when you're like, Spider-Man's getting beat to a pulp. How's Spidey gonna get out of this one? And then he does, right? You know he will. Um, just because that's how that sort of media works. But it's, like, fun to be in that tense moment of, like, how how will our heroes get out of this? Uh, there's no way Goku could possibly beat Frieza. Oh my god, he did it. Like, it, it's, it, it is a lot of fun to like go through that yeah and the hp is like the perfect way to build that tension in a role-playing game where like you can't you don't know you don't really know if your character is gonna live and you want your character to live um i'm i i love the idea of like being in a place where resources to heal yourself are scarce like kind of like what you were describing um and like I love the creativity that characters like players, not characters that players will get when um, they are low on those resources. They're way more strategic with their fights in general. They don't just like come rushing through, kicking the door. They'll, that's like the point, like when everyone's low on HP, that's where the point where they're like, okay, huddle up everyone. Here's how <laughs> we're going to do this. I love those moments as both a player and a GM. 
Um, I, what are, apart from like that, that like you're doing a serious dungeon call, things are very scary down here. How, how can we encourage people to be more strategic with their health and HP when we don't necessarily always want them to just be fighting to lose that HP? I wonder if there's other like non-combat ways we could do that. I think so. I think, uh, so you, when we were like before we hit record, when we were like in the green room, uh, you brought up like Tears of the Kingdom. And I think the way they do that in, uh, I guess, spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> but the way they do Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, when you go into the depths and there's like the the gloom, like if you touch it, you get, even if you like touch it, you have to fight, nothing has to hit you. You like touch this like stuff and it hurts you. And I think things like that of like, you are near the source of some sort of like antagonistic force to whatever your group's goal is. Like it's the corruption, it's like the light, it is like whatever, like being in that like is draining for you. And you can be here and you gotta go through it because you're the heroes and you gotta save the day, but it's going to start taking things from you. Um, and be of like, you know, how much can you take to like get to your goals um and so i think things like that and i think things like if you play a game where you do have to manage like if you are eating and stuff too can also help implement that and so i think things like that like getting strategic and you can use like traps or stuff like that but i i like doing really over the top stuff so i would do something like you're near the uh evil king's lair and he's so evil that it lets off this miasma and you can go through the miasma but the longer you're in it the the harder it will get and it's going to start taking things from your from your hp and maybe it affects like your statistic scores but like it's going to get harder and harder as you go and maybe we didn't get through it like i they get it all back because they made it through but you, they don't know you don't know what will happen but you're like i have to go stop this like i have to stop this from happening to these people yeah, like that environmental, like, ooh, I love that environmental evil. That's so good. Uh, or <laughs> even in Legend of Zelda, like, you go on the cold mountains and your your health will slowly start to dwindle unless you put on warm clothing or whatever. You could always do some, a big storm. Um, I You said miasma and it reminded me of Inuyasha. And there's That's exactly always... what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, there's always that and, like, sucking up the miasma for Moroku's... Um, Broku's power makes him sicker or like those silly little bugs come out like you could make it so using those special powers that they have that they always rely on also start to pull away at their at their health at their whatever counts as health in your game not every game necessarily has that sometimes it's a stress bar or um, something like that but yeah I, I love that traps oof Hate being, traps. being in a uh you know, a, a chaos zone where, you know, every use of a spell drains a hit point equal Ooh. to the level of the spell. I would, that would you know, be just, like, make the wizard go, <laughs> like. <laughs> you gotta well, it, challenge the wizard. Listen, it, it, it challenges, so easy. <laughs> yeah, it challenges the, the, the cleric too, because like, well, I can heal you a bunch, but I'm going to lose, 
hit points in the process. Like you have, you know, now you're balancing the the benefits versus the downside. I found myself thinking like just taking Austin's idea of like having something that's like right on the, like you can do it with a lot of things that are like non not specifically combat, like have imminent danger right at the edge of the shadow. And it's only going to be triggered into happening if you do the wrong thing. And you could do that in um, a social situation where the characters are brought before the 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 monarch and they the monarch is surrounded by their honor guard who are the most highly trained soldiers in the kingdom and you are going to parlay with the monarch and if you insult the monarch things are going to get bad immediately very 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 bad um you could have the characters going on a heist where they're 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 pulling this quiet sneaky heist in the headquarters of of the supervillain and there's a hundred non-minion type guards, like real serious guards that are patrolling this place. And you got to find your way in and you got to do the thing and steal the thing or, you know, change, get the codes or change the codes or whatever. And then sneak your way back out without triggering the alarm in some way. And if the alarm sounds, 50 guards are coming for you. Everybody's going to, you know, converge on that space. Um, and it puts the players in the position of being, like Jess said, very strategic about how they're doing everything. They're going to really think about their planning and they're going to, they're going to, if they know it's coming, they're going to have contingency plans in place too. They're going to be like, if this goes sideways, how do we get ourselves out of here? Because fighting isn't going to make it, isn't going to, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. And so it becomes what, you know, what their escape plans can possibly be. Um, and and if you can make it such that the escape plans are not foolproof, like not 100% expected to be effective, like they're, the, the escape plan could go sideways too, that ramps the tension up even more. What about then, though, because the, the consequence of having your players at low health all the time is that eventually one of them is going to have zero. Um what do you like how can you balance like the player emotion of like it's very stressful to be in this situation we don't want our characters to die and here you are where we haven't been above 50 percent health in like a whole two sessions how do you balance um like the player stress versus the character stress i think that comes into play when you are when you first start to play your game, so you have your session zero and you go over expectations, tone of the game, like if I want to do a semi-serious, I never say full serious, like we're going to have jokes and funny one-offs and I'm going to be like, the goblin's name is Fred. I don't know. I didn't, I don't, I, I thought you would just keep walking. Uh, please stop talking to Fred. Fred has nothing to say but jokes to you because I'm out of material. Um... And so I think like, but when you, if I want to do that, like I want to make sure everyone at the table is signed up for that. And I'm like, you know, we're going to, it's going to be really tough. And you're in a world like, like I'm running a game right now where like the bad guy won already. Like you are a generation of people who grew up like the bad guy won a hundred years ago and you've grown up with the bad guy. It's like, this is, this is Star Wars, the empire won. Good luck. <laughs> Like they, they won, they're established, they've been in charge for a while now. Uh you're here to try and do something about it, maybe. Um, and it's it's hard. And I was like, it's going to be hard and it's meant to feel hard. And I made sure people that were playing understood that. I wouldn't ever spring it on someone of just like, 
surprise you're you'll never long rest haha they interrupt you you get a short rest and keep running and now you're exhausted and like i wouldn't do that to someone um that doesn't sign up for because they're not gonna have fun and i'm not gonna have fun because they're not having fun and they're not really engaging they're kind of like pulling away um so i think it's that and i think when people get to that point of like uh the character sitting at zero or unstable or whatever it is for the game system you're playing and they're worried about like permanently dying and like one again making sure it's on the table like when we have our sessions are like are we fine with characters permanently dying if yes then like we know what can happen and like giving them space to have a meaningful goodbye for their character mm-hmm. uh, if it isn't a system where it's like like monster of the week or something where like if you die you're kind of dead it's not like uh high fantasy like oh we'll just like go to the temple of the sun god and like pray for you to come back or whatever um like making sure they get to have like a fun farewell and get to like like how how what is their last moments look like um and usually debriefing if something that big happens after a session just because it's it's big i usually will i'll probably wrap a session early if that happens um and not expect people to just like just keep playing just keep going yeah (laughs) your friend Um, just died huh yeah yeah um something i do in when i run fifth edition games since those games have uh death saving throws every time someone makes one i ask them a question about what memory is going through their mind because it's meant to be like you're unconscious you're like trying to grab on the life and if they like fail i'll be like you know what's the time you remember i think my three is like what's the time you remember failing what will you miss most and then the last one is like what are your What's the last thing you do before you pass away? And I, I get people full in of control. I'm like, if you want to get up and tackle the guard who's like still attacking your friends off the cliff with you, go for it. Like whatever, if you want some kind of like blaze of glory, you like get up one more time kind of thing, like go for it. Like whatever you want to do, you want to, I had one person that like, they got up and they ran over to where the dragon was attacking everyone about to bite somebody and like leapt in they like leapt in and they had taken the artificers like entire case of alchemist fire and so they like <laughs> blaze of glory like took the dragon out kind of thing that's sick uh, and so you get you get really cool stuff i'm like you want to you want a fast and furious your way out of this like you can go for it right here with the understanding there you're like this is this character's last moment, but if you want to like, I want the most yippee Kaye Bruce Willis action <laughs> movie scene to be my last scene. Like I will absolutely make it happen. You got it. You have more than earned that. I, yeah, I hate, I always hated like playing D and D my character's unconscious and I just roll until I die or I don't like, you're just going to let me go out that way. That's not very cinematic of you. Stop. But, um, I, I love I included a mechanic like like that in Moonpunk. It's called There's Just No Fucking Way, where if you think all of everyone's gonna die, you get to have the it's like written into the rules, you get to have that moment. Cause those are really fun moments. They are like the they are the things that people are gonna talk about when they talk about, oh, here's my adventure. Oh, you you are my captive audience. Let me tell you about the one time that my character saved everybody in a place of glory and died. That is the moment. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I've done the same thing with capers. If you drop to zero hits, like you get a choice of your character kind of gets knocked out, removed from the story temporarily and comes back because it's ultimately kind of the game kind of uses comic book logic. 
um, superhero logic. Um, or you get one more action and you can spend all your points and you can try to do something really spectacular um, and go out, like uh, Austin said, in a blaze of glory. Um, yeah, so I mean, th- those types of things can be house ruled into any game pretty easily. Like there, there's probably not too many games where you couldn't just do that sort of thing, unless the game is kind of built on the idea of the pathos of just, you know, sometimes death is just senseless and meaningless and the character gets hurt and they bleed out and they die. And that's tragic. And that's what the, the what the, you know, what the game is like part of what the game is about, or that could be the player's choice too. Even when, if Austin, if you give the player the choice of like, well, you can, you know, go out in the blaze of glory and they say that, you know, you might have a player that says, no, like this is like a tragic death is where this character should go. Cause their life has been tragedy and it's poetic that, that they, they just persevered through the whole thing. And then it just ended like this with a whimper. Um, and that can be a, an incredibly uh, memorable um, uh, story moment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to go with it. I think too, like even though, like like you said, Austin, like having a conversation with your character, with, with your players, I keep calling them characters. They're human <laughs> beings. Keep having a conversation with your players, having a session zero, making sure everyone's okay with the tone and like where you're going with the story. But even during like checking in periodically with your players, paying attention to how they are reacting, are they letting the stress get to them and giving them some oasis moments throughout the storyline where they have the breath of relief because tension throughout an entire story is no longer tension. You need to have the break in tension at some moment for it to have a cathartic like release to have that um, to make it pay off. Um, so whether that's a sigh of relief or like an explosion, um, I mean, and kind of mixing them up, uh, can make, can make sure that they aren't always like doom and gloom and are having a chance to, um, do some of the other things that people like in a role-playing game, like role-playing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, those are important. Like my, like the game I had two nights ago, um, they stole a they stole like a Mad Max style car <laughs> um, at the end of the fight, and they're like driving to the next destination. They'll probably have like the most okay drive you could through like a hell blasted landscape, uh, where nothing where nothing bothers them at least. I'm like it's still hot and uncomfortable and always perpetual like red sunset, but nothing bothers you, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is better than what you've had. So. Um, <laughs> probably giving like those sorts of reprieves I think too are like are really important of just like I can't narrate you hanging out in your car like what would you like to what do you talk about in your car this is I this is like and I think telling players like this is fully your time to plan talk about what just happened whatever you want to do I'm not I am not going to mess with you uh whatsoever I've had some people tempt that, like, test that, and like, try to get something to mess with them. And I'll be like, okay, when I say I'm not going to mess with you, I mean, like, if you, like, throw a rock at somebody, they're not going to just let that happen. (laughs) I mean, this part of your journey is going to go smoothly. I guarantee. I understand your characters may not know that and still, like, be looking around or head on a swivel, but, like, I'm letting you know I'm not going to make you roll to check your surroundings. Nothing's sneaking up on you. You are totally safe to like take a breath and get reprieve and like talk and be like what the hell just happened 
I think the flip side of that is important too. If you have a game where like you, you decided early on that you weren't really going to have sessions like this and you go, you kind of roll along and part way through the campaign, you're, uh, you're coming up with different story hooks for the players to latch onto and everything. And you present a story hook that is like, oh, and we're going to go to the upside down of this world where everything is horrible and trying to kill you or the lower levels of the abyss or whatever it is. Right. Um, and you, as long as you make it clear to the players, be like, you know, you know, step, step, step outside the game for a moment, meta, meta, meta discuss and say, okay, for the record, option C for the next story hook that I just gave you is really dangerous. Like, unlike anything you've dealt with before, if you want to go that direction, I'm happy to go that direction, but you can, you can choose to go directions A and B and make it very, very clear that like, cause otherwise they're going to go in with the wrong expectation of the type of game. So what about designing? How can we, like, what are the tips and tricks for designing for games with, with health and HP in mind, um, especially considering everything we've just talked about? Um, I mentioned that I, had a, I have a mechanic like straight up in my game where you, you know, the consequence for having zero health is not necessarily instant death. Um, I, you can, instead of having people house rule it, you can put it right into the text of your game. Um, what are some other things that we should keep an eye out for and, and do while we are designing? Uh, I'm working on a game right now. It's in in-house play testing. I'm, I, I think I'm going to just talk about, I'm on kids and capes. Uh, and in that game, we introduced some new mechanics for the kids on bike system. Um, and one of them involves something kind of close to HP. And in that, what we did was uh, the more hurt you get, the bigger you can like supernova your superpowers and like do something really cool. But after that, you're like fried so to give the idea of like using that comic book logic mm -hmm. of like when I hear when a superhero's back is against the wall, they like burst. And they may stop the fight. A lot of other people may get hurt, but like the bad guy is probably down too, hopefully. And typically when they do that, it's like the panel, you know, if you pull out for a comic and it's like the panel where like the hero is like smoking or like their mask is half off and they're like barely standing and they fall over and some other hero uh, like catches them as like good job kid kind of thing. Uh, sort of the idea we were going with there of like, uh, being able to do that and being able to be like, you know, you are getting like pushed and pushed and pushed and you can push back, but like that pushing back is not without consequence. Um, and so making it clear that there can be payoff, uh, you know, I think of touchdowns like uh, My Hero Academia, uh, anytime Deku's in a fight way over his head, he's like, but what if I push my body beyond the limb? And they're like, well, you'll break all your bones. He's like, but I'll stop them. And like, yes, but your bones. <laughs> but your bones. <laughs> <laughs> and so the idea of like, you can do that. You can like, as you're getting hurt, you can like push your body more instead of resting. But we, again, we have rules in there of like consequences of like, there's no death in rules is written for the kids on bike system for any of the other games like there's nothing about like dying uh it's always like you're incapacitated you're sick you're like something like that and so it's like you can do this you are going to be injured in some way that is like you need medical attention 
uh, you are now not just like superhero bruised up, you are like hurt in a way where you will need to go to a hospital or some sort of super powered healer type person who can fix your bones. <laughs> um, and so I think that was something, I think that's like a really interesting idea that I like of, and I guess it's, I go back to video games too, like anytime I'm like low health in a game, I get very, very, very focused. Uh, mm. Suddenly I parry perfectly, I dodge perfectly, like everything is like, because I'm like, if I get hit, that's it. I can no longer do this and I have to start over. Um, and it feels like on a tabletop, it can be more, even more enticing for, for your character. And so like for you as the player to like focus in on like, what, what are your tools you have to like try and get out of this with your team is if I get hit, my character is no longer going to be able to help. Like I am going to be incapacitated in some way, be it unconscious, knocked out, dead. Like I like something I won't be able to help. And then I won't know what happened to my friends. And then also like provides an opportunity for a story hook later for the GM to run it. Like mm-hmm. if they, they need all of this help to get well again, you need to go do something now in order to do that. Um, you can also like use the, like I'm super focused. Um, amplify powers it once you are at this many hp you get this and such and such bonus um because i i'm also kind of that way when i'm a little like one heart left i'm like i'm ready to go i got this um and i think that also kind of plays in real life like people who have huge amounts of adrenaline can do like not necessarily superhuman feats but very amazing things like lifting a car or like just like in real life, people do that when they are in super stressful situations or their life is in danger or someone else's life is in danger. Um, and I don't think it's unrealistic to put that kind of a mechanic in your game at all. It's, even if you're going for like obviously kids in capes or like things like that is supposed to be like this superhero kind of idea. And a lot of the games that we make are these ideas are like very um fantastical things there are some people who like to make games that are supposed to be more like real life simulators real life is wild you can do it (laughs) just like you know like in capers craig like in capers everyone's totally normal and no one has anything (laughs) (laughs) sorts in capers (laughs) yeah well and i've i've approached characters health in a number of different ways. And I've never gone in particularly robust and, and deep with like lots of hit points and, Oh, there's also poisons and conditions and diseases and curses and all this other sort of stuff. And if you're, if you're designing a game that has all of that sort of stuff in there, then you're also designing ways that all that, all those things can happen to you, the, all the different ways that you can take conditions or be poisoned or whatever. And you're also designing all of the things that can cure those things to, you know, increase your hit points and, and, and uh, recover conditions and um, cure diseases and so forth. Um, and just, you know, from, from a design standpoint is it makes all of that much more complicated. Your game is going to inherently be more complicated when you've got all those possible things in there. Um, and players, readers of the of the game are going to start to make assumptions about the game when they read and there's all of that stuff in there. Um, if they read a game and it's like, oh, you have like, you know, hit 
hit points or hits or health points or whatever, and that's really all you deal with, then it's like, oh, well, clearly, like, probably characters' health and the threat of dying and everything aren't necessarily a huge kind of deal, especially if there's clearly some ways to recover relatively easily. But if you've got all those pieces, um, you know, it's going to, it, it says a lot about your game and it, it, you have to fill the game out with all the ways to increase and decrease and gain and lose. Um, and then I found myself thinking too, as Austin was talking, I uh, recognize the, like with hit points and it's like this in capers, like it's when it's all or nothing, you're either, you know, no matter how many hit points you have, you're at full strength. And then when you're, you're, then you're down, you're unconscious or whatever. Um, or some games are, you know, you're at full strength or, or you know, now you're dead. Um, if you're playing or you're designing a game where there's hit locations and wound levels and there could be things that debilitate, um, like you're, you know, when you've got enough wounds, you are suffering penalties to your dice rolls or you don't have access to certain abilities or you gain other stress mechanics more easily because you're you're wounded or whatever. Um, that's something to keep in mind to how that reads to the to the play to the to the reader um and also how it affects the gameplay because like we all know that if you're playing DD and the cleric goes down the group is in serious trouble mm-hmm. if the thief goes down you're in a little bit of trouble everyone's <laughs> celebrating if the goes down. <laughs> but if you're playing a game where you know like it it there's nothing it, all the characters are up and about but two of them are at significant penalties, they're not contributing as much as easily and as regularly to whatever the the group is trying to do because they're probably failing their roles more often. They're having to be protected more often because they are weakened, um, which takes the the healthy characters away uh, occasionally from being able to do um, other things if they're always kind of having to make sure we'll keep keep so-and-so alive because they're really teetering. Um, and that that affects like how your game plays, how players in, interpret it, how GMs will prepare for it. And there's nothing wrong with any of these styles of play and styles of game design. You can do all of them, but it's hit points I found. It's one of those things I've thought about a lot when I've designed games. Um, and it's one of the things I spent time thinking about here. Like just the... the all the different ways that you can handle a character's health. Um, if you're assuming that the game involves char- the, the, the potential of character death, um, it impacts so much about the game. Um, and it's it's definitely, as a designer, it's worth giving some thought to. Um, you know, capers is all or nothing. And I've already talked about what happens if you drop to zero. Like with good strong hands, you get debilitated and you lose dice to roll. Um, and that was done on purpose in the game to make um what like what i said earlier which was if we're all three if all you know all three of us are playing characters and austin's character is suddenly at minus two dice um that means they're losing two dice off of every roll they make to a minimum of one one die they're severely limited um and all the other characters kind of have to look out for that character and that was a a choice I made for the game because the game is about characters helping each other very much. A lot of the time it's all about, you know, the characters are are helping each other with their good, strong hands. There was a reason that that title was chosen. Um, And so like having characters that aren't dead, but are clearly not going to be able to contribute as much and be potentially um, in need of aid by the other characters is, you know, is a part of the game that I designed for. 
because that was the play experience I wanted the players to have when they play the game. So it's something to think about just from, from, um, and it might be one of those things that you find yourself revisiting as you're designing, like, you know, like as you make changes, you think, okay, well, what does, what does this change do? What does that change do to how players might interpret it? And you can, if you're not sure, you can always ask other people too. You can just describe how death and dying and hit points and conditions and whatnot are described in your game. And just ask people like, you know, what, how would you, you know, like, how would you play your character in a game that handled things this way? Like, oh, I'd just you know kick open the door all the time. Or, oh, I'd be careful a lot of the time. Or I'd be worried that somebody else, that another character is going to get, get weakened. Or like the, the players will tell you like, this is, these are the concerns I would have and the things I would think about when I'm playing that game. Yeah, it's definitely the thing you need to like tweak a lot. If you have a game with HP, like you got to figure out how the math works. I think I feel like HP is the most most mathy thing <laughs> in a game because it's like okay, how much HP does a player have? How much average? Like how much are they hitting for against an enemy's HP? What kind of skills are they taking so they can either protect their HP or do AP damage against other HP? It's um, it is like really really pervasive in a in a game that involves combat. Yeah, it was something that I actually. It's funny you brought that up because one of my notes right here was like knowing statistics and spending some time thinking about statistics or having somebody look at it for you, which is what I've done. I hire a math guy to do that for me. So like, how does that affect like, okay, well, you know, the average character at this level has 20 hit points. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that if that 3d6 gets lucky, they're down to two hit points. And that, mm -hmm. you know, no, knowing how you're implementing these different, you know, statistical possibilities for with, with different dice and different numbers of dice and bonuses to those dice and everything mm -hmm. like, um, D and D, we all we're all familiar with it. We talk about it all the time. Um, it's it's got you know nearly fifty years of of math <laughs> kind of figured out. Like they each time they do a new edition, they, they 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 tweak a little bit how it works, but they also have all this history of understanding kind of how the game functions with all these different totals. But if you're doing something from the ground up and you're like, you know, that's something to give some thought to. Why we play test? That's <laughs> why you play test. Uh, what about because I want to come back to like that environmental impact like the you're you're in the gloom and you're you're slowly being drained all the time what mm -hmm. are like I'm curious Austin if you've if you've tried to like make that mechanically happen or if you have ideas for how you do it I know how I would do it I've not I am about to do it in uh in the game I play two I ran two nights ago uh like I said they're in one of the it's a 5e so they're in one of the nine hells and one of the players is a paladin uh and i asked them <laughs> i asked the table maybe a year ago to give me your alignment i was like alignment doesn't really matter in my game like act how you want i don't really do any of the spells or anything i deal with alignment for the most part and they were giving me their alignment and the paladin was the only one who had uh like good most people were like lawful neutral there's like one lawful evil character like a lot of people were in that realm is where they felt they sat the paladin's like he had it good and i was like mm, okay uh and then when they they i've had two different npcs warn them like you're gonna have a bad time uh going <laughs> to a plane that is made to hate things like you like the very matter in this place is cosmically opposite from you 
and that can't be good. Like she's, she's, she's like, what's going to happen? They're like, I don't know, but it can't be good. Like nothing good's <laughs> going to happen to you. Like when you put Why do you want to try? <laughs> when you put a magnet the wrong way, like nothing good happens to it. Uh, and so I've been like, like I, I've slowly been teasing that like nothing good is going to happen down here. And so it's going to slowly be like resting gets harder, but you get a long rest. It was just like really hard roll to see how well you sleep. Like give me a con save. And the DC goes up. You just can't long rest anymore. Uh, you start, like, it's just going to slowly start being like, you can't be here. You need to get everyone to hurry up. You, you, this is, you can't be here, or you need to find a way to make a deal so you can be here. Um, and just this idea of, like, this place, at its fundamental way it exists in the cosmos of this world, and the role it plays in keeping, you know, the energies in balance is bad for you to be in, given who you are as a person. Um, and so it would be something like that. Of just like, it probably wouldn't be like the first time you're there, but like slowly over time, like it gets worse and worse. And, and it's maybe it's like at first you start losing hit dice if it's like a 5e game and I need some con saving throws and resting gets harder and you can't rest and you start losing hit points, your stats start going down. Like it, it is taking from you. And then the idea of like, in my head, it's like, it's taking and like, where is it going? Like it is taking mm. and things don't take for no reason. Um, And maybe there's like a big monster that's like slowly you know, there's some, like, demon lord who's, like, slowly growing in power, like, wait, like, <laughs> lures, lures heroes in with this, there's, like, this legend of this grand temple and this angel sword that can, like, destroy all evil, and they're like, yeah, yeah, try and get down here and get it, yeah, 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 this, mm, this is good, and, like, slowly over time it's just been, like, growing and growing and, like, feasting and waiting for, like, to have enough energy to come back, uh, so something like that, something that's, like, uh, I really like the show. This is a small. I really like the show Gargoyles. Love the show Gargoyles, and I love the idea of Xanados, who never loses. <laughs> the Xanadosian Gambit is one of my favorite tropes of just like, no, you thought that was you thought that wasn't part of my plan, but it was, and <laughs> you played right into it. Yes, I did send you to get that sword. You're right, but it was to feed this monster that I put down there, and now it's awake. Thank you so much. Uh, and so something something like that of just like, no, you did what you were supposed to do, but what you're supposed to do helped me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I I like the idea of like even a focused track in a game. Uh, there's a game I wrote for uh, many years back now. Um, it's a Sherlock Holmes role playing game, and as if you keep investigating, like you follow red herrings or you do poorly, there's a track where things progressively get worse and worse until ultimately usually like the bad guy gets away you lose the you lose the mystery you don't get to solve it um or at least you don't get to have the 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 happy ending you could still solve the mystery um incorporating something like that like the let's say the first time they fail the track moves up and now they are like it takes twice as much healing to restore hit points the second time it moves up now maybe their attributes are all minus one or the third time it, it goes up well now 
now all of your dice are one step down, like whatever it is, like you could progressively track these worse and worse things to happen. Um, and also, of course, we're talking about HP. Like I'm just talking about re regular mechanics now, but that would also help force you to spend your HP more wisely, make the consequences of of um, losing HP um, more difficult or cause you to do less HP damage against an enemy. I, by the way, love the idea um, that you just presented, and I really want to play in one of your games now. You sound like an awesome GM. <laughs> I feel like I would be a conspiracy theorist in your game. <laughs> Most of my players are conspiracy theorists, and it's always <laughs> very fun to hear them say their theories, and I'll be like, in my head, I'm like, that's a good idea. It's not what's happening, but I like that. That's good. <laughs> Save that no, one for later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any any final thoughts we have on this topic before we start wrapping up? Oh boy, um, just to, to in in responding to the the query you put out there, Jess, which is how you know dark evil soul sucking life draining realm. What would you do um, mechanically? Is uh, you know like every day that you spend in the place, just you know keeping it agnostic, you can tweak it to whatever you're developing um your character loses x number of hit points but you can um choose to not lose those hit points and instead mark a checkbox on this track to gaining a curse from this place so you have like th there will come a point where your curse checkboxes oh and i'm not going to tell you how many checkboxes it takes <laughs> to be cursed it's going to take more than one but it's, i'm not going to tell you how many it's going to take so every time it's like do i do i just take the hit points or do i gamble and potentially gain this curse like like one time free I, you know uh, because it's going to take two or more but you know you can do things like that too where they're or you can have them they, they have to spend some other currency if there's like some other currency in the game that's valuable outside of hit points like you know, if you have mana, mana points, magic points, so like, well, you use your own inherent understanding of magic to keep the evil at bay and keep yourself healthy, but it drains some of your, it your could magical literally, ability. Literally be currency. Again, I'm very like Zelda obsessed right now. Uh, <laughs> there, There is armor that you can get in the game that instead of draining your health when you get hit, it takes away your rupees. And <laughs> that's always really fun. Um, of course, the the tracker for that as you see your wallet dwindle is always like oh no all of my money <laughs> um all right well austin again thank you so much for joining us where can we find you and your stuff for the things you want to plug yeah thanks for having me uh, you can find me on most places on the internet at sailor scott austin it's at sailor sct austin because no social media likes me spelling out the whole thing it's too long so I got to use SCT. Uh, mostly where you can find me, things to plug. Uh, let me think. I said I'm on the design team for Kids and Capes. The I know we are play testing in-house. I don't know when it'll be open to the public, but I'm told usually they'd send it open to the public at some point, but I'm not in charge of that. I'm not the, <laughs> I'm not the publisher. So whenever they decide that we can do that, then we will. So... Keep an eye out for that. Um, 
other than that, I don't have a lot that's public to plug right now. If you find me online, you'll see me talking about how excited I am for the Barbie movie. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen it yet? No, it comes out uh, in July. Uh, not that the Barbie movie oh, needs that's right. my help promoting it, but I'm I still am. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I thought it had already gone out, but that makes more sense. I'm like, why haven't I heard anything about this movie yeah, other than drops. like everyone getting hyped for it? Like, I haven't heard anything about the plot yeah. for it. I want to watch it. I, I'm you know, excited. This is completely off topic, but one time we held a, for the IGDN, we did a summer series and we had Anya Combs from, at the time she was like the game, the games lead at Kickstarter. Oh. And a bunch of people from Mattel got on the call. Oh, so yeah, like I wonder, like what they're doing. This is like two years ago now, huh. but I mean, thanks take know, time. Maybe there's a Barbie role playing game coming. I, I would not be shocked. Uh, Barbie has done everything and is everywhere. Um, yeah, other than that, you can if you find me over on mainly Twitter is where I promote like one of one streams and stuff. I have a lot of like uh, one-offs and one-shots and other smaller streaming things coming up. I'm not on anything that is ongoing right now, but you can see where I'm at if you follow me on the internet and see what I'm up to. Awesome. You can find me uh, at on Twitter at, at Joska or on Tumblr at, at Joska or on TikTok at Jess is Awful. Um, you can also find my games at wannabegames.com or on DriveThruRPG or H under the same name. Uh, the thank you so much to everyone who submitted games for the Indie Groundbreaker Awards. It's we've had a lot of submissions. By the time you listen to this, submissions will have been closed. So I hope that you were able to submit your game if you were um, wanting to submit your game. And thank you so much to our team of judges who are now currently busy reading a bunch of games and making judgments. Um, <laughs> and you can find uh, me at Origins. Game Fair very soon in Columbus at the IGDN booth, which I honestly, I don't know the table number. Maybe I will insert uh, a robotic voice saying what the booth number is right at this point. Craig? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at uh, at Nerdburger Craig on Twitter. Um, the My website is nerdburgergames.com. The games are available at DriveThruRPG. Um, and, uh, I'll Nerdburger games will be at Gen Con this year for the first time with its own booth, booth number two, nine, five, four. Um, we've got 26 Nerdburger games events going on. 17 of them are sold out. So there's still a bunch of things you can try to play. If you're signing up for Gen Con events, go check those out. Also check out, um, search on indie game developer network. There's all sorts of games there too. Um, Jess and I are both members of that organization. There's all sorts of cool games that are still looking for people. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, if you have a queue for us to A at episode 100, um, email me at nerdburgergames at gmail.com with the subject line RPG R&D episode 100. Thank you to our opening and closing theme song, which is Avel by Steph Sachs, licensed under Creative Commons. Thank you, Steph Sachs. And thank all of you for listening. We'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.